All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well. We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 43 of the Biohacker Babes. I'm Renee. I'm here with my sister Lauren today. And we have a very special guest. We have Tina from Just Thrive. And just to give you a quick bio, so Tina Anderson's journey into the world of health had a unique start and some unusual turns. She began her career as a trial lawyer who specialized in settling cases by bringing both sides together, a personal passion of hers. Once her second child arrived, Tina left that high-stress job behind so she could focus on her family. Luckily, she was still able to use her considerable legal skills to point her career in a new direction as the in-house counsel for a family pharmaceutical company. But what Tina saw there made her change direction again. Frustrated by the many abuses in the pharmaceutical industry, Tina turned toward the field of natural health and found her life's work. 
She channeled her energy into learning all she could about disease prevention and good health maintenance. That led her to discover the importance of gut health and how connected and crucial it is for overall health and wellness. To share her discovery with the world, Tina, along with her husband, created a unique supplement that contains the superior probiotic strains of renowned researcher, Dr. Simon Cutting. By promoting gut health and probiotics, Tina shares her passion for wellness, helping others live their best physical and emotional lives. Now, this is going to be a great topic today because everyone is trying to boost their immune system, and we know that starts in the gut. So, Tina, welcome. We are so happy to have you today. Thanks, Renee. Hi, Lauren. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Great. Yeah, we're really excited. So we we generally will ask our audience when we have a guest coming on, we'll ask just basic questions that they want to know. And the response was surprisingly pretty vague about probiotics. Mm-hmm. I think that really just speaks to sort of the general education out there about what these bacteria strains are doing to our body. I thought maybe we would get more detailed questions, but though, I don't know, I thought more about it. It's not surprising that people are really just like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. So, I'm excited to just like break this down with you, talk about what we need to look for, what's out there on the market, what's working, what's not, why your product does work. The research sounds incredible. So I would love just to hear your story and and tell us how you got started. Sure. Yeah, we, um, I was like, like um, Renee had mentioned, I had, um, I was in the litigation for many years and I went that route and just out of a desire to spend more time at home and not have such a high stress job, I decided to shift fields and go into the pharmaceutical industry. And I was um, an in-house counsel for a family pharmaceutical business. And that was great. I thought, oh, this is wonderful. I'm helping people. I'm helping people feel better, you know, giving them life-saving medications and all of that. And, and I think there is a place for pharmaceuticals, for sure, for those situations where acute type situations, um, emergency type medicine situations. But we saw that there was an abuse happening in the pharmaceutical industry. We saw a lot of people just turning to pharmaceuticals for chronic conditions and never getting better. You know, really, they would. we had one relative who went on one pharmaceutical for like joint pain. And then it's like she had skin rashes. Then she went on another one. And then she had stomach, a medication for stomach issues. And like all this time, she's not getting better. I mean, she's really just getting worse. And, and we see it, there's not a focus in this world anymore in the medical community about prevention. You know, very rarely does a doctor ask you, you know, sit down, tell me what you ate for breakfast. What did you eat for dinner last night? You know, they're not talking about your nutrition and, and um, that's why you guys are doing the great work you're doing because it's like, you're trying to get people. I, I noticed that you guys, one of your big things is empowerment. And that's one of the core values of our company too. I mean, that is our mission is just to get people to be empowered, to take health into their own hands. And so my husband and I are very deep thinkers. We read a lot of, you know, motivational books and different things like that. Wayne Dyer is our hero. And so we read a lot of Wayne Dyer, Norman Vincent Peale, Joseph Murphy, all these incredible authors. And, um, we just knew we weren't doing our life's work. And so we, um, dove into a ton of research through, I kind of feel like being at the right place at the right time. I do a lot of prayer and meditation and we were able to license the exclusive strains to these incredible bacillus probiotic strains out of London University from Dr. um, Dr. Simon Cutting and um, incredible, one of the most renowned probiotic researchers in the world. And so from there, Just Thrive Probiotic and Antioxidant was born. And it was it's just really been the most gratifying career journey I've ever been on. I always tell people, especially my own kids, is, you know, whatever you do out of college or out of high school, whatever it is, just that's what you do first, you know. 
and that's fine. And then maybe you're going to find, maybe you'll do that for the rest of your life. But I think gone are the days that you start with a corporation and you stay there forever. I think it's, it, you really need to do your life's work. And, and I feel like finally, you know, after all of these years of being here, I finally am doing my life's work. And it has been the most gratifying thing I've ever done. And I, I mean, I didn't know anything about launching a product. I didn't know anything about marketing. I, I knew how to research and, um, and we researched this and we understood it. And, um, and I thought, Oh, that's great. You know, everybody knows this works. It's so great. It's just going to sell. And it didn't necessarily happen that way. You know, there was a little bit of elements of learning the business and stuff, but it's been, it's been incredible. That's amazing. I think there's nothing better. I think that's pretty common in the functional health space that we're, we are all here with good intentions to help and to educate and to empower people. But I yes. like that you mentioned that we do need both sides. Like we do need the, the more clinical medical space as well, but we're finding there's such a gap, especially with, with what's happening in the world right now. I yes. think there's a gap and I think we're going to find out down the road that we need the functional health space to meet, you know, the hospitals and the medical doctors and meet in the middle to really figure this stuff out together. Yes. So, Congratulations. That's really amazing. I can't like, that is just such a good feeling to know that you are doing your, your life's mission and truly helping people and to feel good about what you're doing. So thank you. Really exciting. Thank you. So I would love to, yeah. So, I mean, like we keep kind of bringing up what's going on right now. I think there is a really great awareness coming out that people need to be, you know, empowered and be taking responsibility for their own health to prevent you know, catching what's going around, right? So we want to build up our immune system and 80% of the immune system is in the gut. So your product just makes so much sense right now. And I know Lauren, you mentioned, you know, we do ask for questions ahead of time. Most of the questions I got were, you know, I'm taking this probiotic. Is it good? What are spore-based probiotics? Do I need to be taking that? And, and I have to say personally, over the years, I've watched different probiotic products come out and they, they, a lot of them just don't make sense to me right? Like, do they really get through the stomach, get to the large intestine where they need to be? And then I heard about spore-based probiotics and I'm like, that clicked with me. That really made sense. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that from you. Like, how did you hear about that? Why, why is that, you know, working so well, even in clinical studies? Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to back up a little bit and just kind of talk about the microbiome overall. So that, because there are people who don't, you know, understand the whole microbiome, but the microbiome is basically the, you know, all of our microorganisms and primarily they're found in the gut, but we are literally create, we are full of microbes. I mean, our whole body is made up of microbes. We are 10 times more bacterial cells than we are human cells. And this is what is so profound about like the human microbiome project came out about 10 years ago, launched by the national institutes of health and told us more about gut health than we ever knew before. And we're finding out, I mean, it's the there's so much excitement coming out of gut health right now. And we've just scratched the surface of how important it is. But we know that virtually all disease starts in the gut. So, I mean, 90% of non-communicable diseases are associated with the leakiness of the gut. But I mean, just our, we know that the health of our microbiome plays such a critical role in our health. You know, people always think of like, oh, I have, you know, gastrointestinal discomfort. I must, my gut must be, you know, I, maybe I need a probiotic or I have, um, you know, gas or diarrhea or whatever it may be, um, reflux. People will maybe think, oh, I should take a probiotic. But what people aren't thinking about is that, you know, your mental health, you know, your, um, 
your mood, all of those types of things, anxiety, depression, all of those things are connected directly to the healthier room microbiome. Skin rashes, always, you know, directly related to, um, you know, the health of your microbiome from autoimmune diseases, of course, um, then, you know, you're talking about, uh, um, I'm sorry, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, all of these things are directly related to the health of our microbiome. And our immune system, like you mentioned, 80% of our immune tissue is found in our gut. So, I mean, that is where we start with, you know, uh, you know, helping our immune system out. So it's just really important to know that our immune system is, I mean, our, our um, gut health, our microbiome is truly dictating so much of our overall health. And, and that's why you'll see, uh, you know, people, a lot of times people who were born cesarean or people who have been on long time antibiotics is, tend to have a lot more of these um, autoimmune issues. It's because, they weren't, you know, when they were born, they maybe weren't inoculated with their gut microbiome or they, you know, with all the antibiotics that they took through their lives has really knocked out a lot of their beneficial bacteria. So um, when you're starting with health, you want to start with the microbiome. Unfortunately, I'll tell you the bad news and then there's good news, but the, unfortunately the world we live in is so is so like disruptive to our gut microbiome. I mean, we know that antibiotics, like I mentioned, wreak havoc on our gut. We know that um, glyphosate, you know, or antibiotics that we take, but also the antibiotics in our food supply. So we know antibiotics save lives and I'm not suggesting don't take an antibiotic if you are, you know, in a life-threatening situation, but definitely antibiotics, you know, do wreak havoc on the gut, but the antibiotics are in our food supply. We have, um, Antibiotics or glyphosates, you know, the active ingredient in Roundup, of course, is detrimental to our gut health. Here's the thing antibiotics go in and actually kill off the bad bacteria, and, and unfortunately, they also kill off the good bacteria. Glyphosate only targets the good bacteria. So, glyphosate's only killing the good bacteria. So, really important to eat organic because the glyphosates are wreaking havoc on our gut. Stress, I mean, people think, oh, yeah, I'm just stressed, I'll be fine. Stress is a huge offender of gut health sugar, you know, which is obviously found in so many different foods out there. So there are just so many offenders in the world we live in. And unfortunately, you know, there are ways that we could take care of our gut health, but, you know, not all of them are created equal as in, you know, most things. But, you know, definitely I would say one of the most important things to be taken care of if your gut health is, is that lifestyle change, you know, like start to really reduce your stress level. Um, sleep, so important. Sleep, lifestyle. I mean, we could take as many supplements as we want to. We could, you know, do whatever we need to do. But I know from my own personal experience, really changing my lifestyle was, I mean, when we started this business, it was crazy. I, I worked, you know, I have three kids, I have three kids. I was burning at both ends, um, working crazy hours and nothing, you know, as healthy as my gut was, it's like, I, I needed to change my lifestyle. So I would always encourage people, there are free things you could do to take care of your gut. And that's just, you know, change your lifestyle and meditate and, and you know, try to just calm down and live a healthier life in that respect from a mental perspective. But then also eating organic as much as possible, really staying away from those processed foods. We see that now, you know, we see that people who are obese are really having trouble fighting this virus. That's because they're having they have a lot of gut imbalance going on and that's caused by processed foods. And so we have to really be taking care of our gut. And then, you know, when we talk about what's going on in this world today, I mean, we have no, you know, we have no 
cure for this right now. You know, we, we know that. And um, it's really, at least we don't know of one that's for sure. It hasn't been studied and all that. So this is a time to build our resistance. You know, I mean, what we need to do, what we know is we have to count on our immune system to protect us from this because there isn't a drug or treatment that we're aware of. So our immune system really has to be functioning optimally. And so all the things we do to be healthy are just really important. And the gut plays such an important part in the, our immune system. You know, like I mentioned, 80% of the immune system, the immune tissue is in the gut. And when we start following some of those studies, the recent studies on how our immune system is battling this particular virus, you start to realize it's that proliferation of the cells called the T cell and the B cells. And those are required to detect and start to fight the virus. So most of that proliferation of those T cell and B cells occur in the tissues that are found in the gut, in the small intestines. And so that's why it's so critical to be taking care of our gut. So the key to a healthier microbiome, the key is really the, you know, having a healthier microbiome. And, um, you know, we just have to keep in mind that our our immune system, our own immune system that's so beautifully designed to help fight off these pathogens and viruses and toxins is our own defense, you know, against this virus. And 80% of our immune systems in the gut. So if you have a dysfunctional gut, your immune system can be suppressed or confused. Or on the flip side, if you have a healthy and functioning microbiome, your immune system should be working more optimally. So just really important to be, you know, I think the most important thing we need to be doing always is to be focusing on our gut health. It is ground zero for health. There's lots of other really important nutrients out there that we all should be taking on a daily basis, but gut health is definitely, you know, ground zero for health. Yeah. I mean, it just keeps coming back to prevention, right? Our best fighting chance of fighting off modern bacteria and viruses is to show up to the fight with a healthy immune system. Have all of your little warriors in place already. Yes, exactly. We're showing up to fight this thing with like a weakened state. It's it's really sad. And I it, love it that is. you mentioned the the free stuff. There's so much that we can do that's free to positively affect our lifestyle. I think a lot of people, once we start talking about supplements, just automatically think, I don't have money for that. And high quality supplements are so expensive, but you can lay the foundation even before that. And then it makes the supplement work even better. Absolutely. And, and when your gut, and that's what the other interesting thing is when your gut is healthy, you absorb nutrients so much better. When you have inflammation going on in your gut, you're not absorbing those nutrients. So you could eat all the, you know, kale and broccoli and, you know, great vegetables and stuff clean and all that. But it, you know, if it's not being absorbed, it's not getting into your system. And I, I feel bad. I didn't answer the next question about the probiotics. So, you know, we launched these spore-based probiotics. And we were, you know, disruptors in the market because we really were the first probiotic on the in the supplement market in the US that really, you know, took a hold of these spore-based probiotics. And we purposely so the different categories is there's a category of probiotics that are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacter. So you will see 95% of the probiotics in the market are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacter. And we very intentionally did not put those strains into our formulation because we know by nature lactobacillus and bifidobacter bacter strains are actually very poor stomach survivors. They have difficulty getting to the intestines alive. So the very definition of a probiotic is it's a live microorganism, live bacteria that actually gets to the intestines alive. And so what people have to understand is it's important that they are 
alive when they get to the intestines. A lot of people think, oh, I need to get a refrigerator probiotic because that means they're live bacteria. It doesn't need to be alive in the refrigerator. It needs to be alive in the intestines. And so if a probiotic needs to be refrigerated in order to stay alive, then how, you know, it can't even withstand the room temperature of the store shelf, then how in the world would it ever survive your body temperature, which which is 98.6, let alone the gut, which is, you know, the stomach, which, you know, is super acidic and all that. So we know that most probiotics are not even surviving. One of the first studies we did, we're very research-based. Everything we do is based on research. The first study we did before we launched was a survivability study. And the lab that conducted it took the leading selling probiotics sold at a major health food store, 50 billion CFU count product, the major seller of probiotics. And then they took the spores that are just been used in Just Thrive. And they found that that leading selling probiotic died 99.99% by the time it got to the intestines. So all of these, you know, it doesn't matter if you have 50 billion or hundred billion, they're dying by the time they get to the intestines where the strains and just thrive survived hundred percent. These bacillus spores survived hundred percent. And the way they do this is not because we've engineered them a certain way. These are actually strains that were found in the environment. These are the same strains our ancestors got from the soil. They would eat off the land and then they would get the soil from the from the land and these strains actually just have this endospore shell around themselves so it's like this hard armor like coat around themselves and when the when you're swat when it's in the capsule it it has this shell around itself and it's in its dormant state when you swallow it it's dormant when it gets goes through the acidic environment of the stomach it's dormant it's not until it hits the intestines that it takes its shell off And that's when it goes into its live vegetative cell state. And the other great thing is it stays there for about 21 to 28 days, where most probiotic strains, the lactobacillus and bifidobacter, just kind of pass through. And so these strains actually stay there for about 21 to 28 days, where they go to work, you know, working through every part of the intestinal tract. So um, the best way I love to describe the two types of probiotic strains out there is if you envision a garden. And the garden's been stepped on and trampled on, and there's weeds growing all over that garden. And you kind of analogize that to your gut flora. So the lactobacillus and bifidobacter strains you throw into the garden, most of them never get to the garden. They just maybe, let's say they did, they may plant a few plants in that garden, but they're not doing anything with the weeds and they're not doing anything with those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on. The strains that just thrive, the bacillus spores, they actually, you throw them in there, they get there 100% alive, and they attach to the soil. They have the ability to get rid of the weeds, and then they have the ability to help those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on come back to life. So really, really effective in the, in the intestines. They go in there, they attach to the intestinal cell wall. They, um, you know, help the good, they create compounds and nutrients to feed our beneficial bacteria. And then they have the ability to actually get rid of some of the pathogenic bacteria or overgrowth of bacteria and yeast and things like that. So really, really effective way to, you know, take care of your gut health. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of myths out there about probiotics. The first one being the refrigeration one that we talked about. And the, I mean, the other big one is that 50 billion CFUs, which is colony forming units is better than 10 billion or hundred billion is better than 50 billion. There is no science behind that claim. I mean, that has really become just marketing, you know, marketing oh, trend, yeah. 
yeah, you know, my doctor told me take one in the refrigerator and that has at least 50 billion or something. And it's like, you know, the doctors have, Why? They, don't, they don't know, you know, I mean, yeah, exactly. They, they are very smart, well-intentioned people. And I'm glad doctors are even talking about taking a probiotic, but you know, that, that is just not based in science. And um, so that's, and, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I have so many questions. So <laughs> I mean, take a store like Whole Foods that it requires some money to even get into that store. And then you walk in and it's beautifully designed. And then they have these beautifully packaged probiotics that somehow, like if they're lucky enough, end up in this beautiful refrigerated case with like a beautiful light shining on it. How Mm -hmm. does that happen? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to know. I mean, well, I mean, I will say the brands that have created these probiotics with the lactobacillus and bifidobacter, it's not to say that they are, you know, trying to trick anybody. I mean, I don't, it's just that they're based on what we used to know. I don't, if you remember, I mentioned that human microbiome project that was launched by the National Institutes of Health. That's all new science. There's so much new science that's coming out and it's showing that, you know, those are dead bacteria. Basically it's dead bacteria therapy. I mean, and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy because it's like dead bacteria will actually do something and it may give you some symptomatic relief. So, you know, like that garden analogy, it it did kind of make the garden a little bit better because it added a new pretty flower in there, but it's not, it's not really making a change. The second study that we did was a, um, um, a gut model study. A gut model study is really the only way to find out how an organism is affecting the gut microbiome. And that study we did with our strains showed that after two and a half weeks, these strains actually caused a 30% favorable shift. I mean, that is so profound. I mean, I don't know of any other probiotic that has a study that's showing it's making that kind of shift in the gut flora. But it's funny that you mentioned that about Whole Foods because I was at a show. I mean, this was maybe six months after we launched. And I met somebody that used to work at um, a major health food store. It might be Whole Foods, it might not, you know, but they, and he said to me, and I told him about this survivability study and all this. He's like, you're not telling him anything we don't know. I know when I was there, we studied, we took every probiotic off the shelves and none of them had survivability. And so they, and I was like, oh my God, you know, and and I just, I don't know that they're ill-intended. It's just that this is what we knew, you know, and now we know something better and we are definitely making a huge, huge headway. I mean, you probably, I mean, we're out there, people are understanding the research now. We have a double, we have human clinical trials on our product, which is unheard of. I mean, also unheard of in the health space. And, you know, back to the empowerment thing, I mean, there are a lot of snake oil companies in the supplement or industry. We know that. Unfortunately, there are more good companies out there. And that's what we found. I mean, this industry is so awesome. And I, we love going to the shows. We just love the people. But what we wanted to do was elevate the standards. We didn't want somebody to try a supplement and then it didn't really work. And then they're like, oh, that's just snake oil. So what we've done is really everything based on science. We have um, a double-blind human clinical trial that was published on leaky gut, on um, enteropathy, or leaky gut is the more you know the easier way to understand it. But showing that these strains actually stopped LPS toxins from leaking into the gut by up to forty-two percent. Again, completely profound study. But we really wanted to raise the bar to empower customers to take control of their health and find alternatives, you know, that are out there. And there are just so many fantastic, I mean, my supplement drawer is like, I mean, it's, it's crazy how many I take. I, I do agree that we should be getting our, 
nutrients from food and that's the greatest source. Unfortunately, we know our food supply is just, you know, depleted with many of the nutrients and we know that our soils over farmed and all of that. So, um, I, I do do a ton of supplements and I, I think they're making a profound difference in my life. And of course our supplements, I feel are making a huge profound difference in our life and my kids and my parents and my neighbors and my priest and everybody else in my life. <laughs> Sharing the wealth. Yeah. So it sounds like there's just like a, a lot of money going down the drain, a lot of money being shoved through your system. That's not producing a lot of good. You mentioned a magical little word, well, acronym LPS. Yes. Can you explain to our audience what that is and why it's so important? Yeah. Yes. So lipopolysaccharides are, um, it's a protein and it's a toxin in our body that is really not that problematic when it's in the gut. When it becomes problematic is when it seeps out through the intestinal wall into the bloodstream. And that's when you have this inflammatory response by your immune system. And so, you know, people will say, how do I know I have a leaky gut? Well, I mean, chances are you probably do. I mean, they estimate that 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut and doesn't even know it. Um, the study that we did was actually with healthy, quote unquote, healthy college students. They had no, they were not on any medication for anything. They had no outward symptoms of anything. Um, and they t- the lab, the, the university studied, they took their, their blood and found out that they gave them a challenge meal and then they, they tested their LPS toxins in the bloodstream and found that after eating the challenge meal, they had a 40, they had um, LPS in their, in their bloodstream. And so now we know that they had a leaky gut. 55% of them had a leaky gut and didn't even know it. And so that was pretty crazy to find out that, you know, these people who were otherwise healthy had a leaky gut. So then they sent the placebo group home and they sent the treated group home for 30 days with the strains used in Just Thrive, 30 days on the product. And the placebo group, this was interesting, their LPS toxins increased by 35%. So it's not that they were the same that they were last time, 30 days ago. They actually had increased by 32%. The treated group, the ones that were on the spores, actually had a 42% reduction in LPS toxins in their bloodstream. I mean, it, it was pretty incredible. And so, so what that study showed us is that every time for that placebo group, every time you're eating, you're having this constant inflammatory response. And it's like this, this you know, the runny faucet with a little leak. It's like a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then all of a sudden we have this inflammatory response. So it's, it's really important. You know, it, like I said, we're eating kale, we're eating broccoli, we're eating all this really healthy food broccoli and kale do not belong in the bloodstream. And we, we, when you have a leaky gut, food particles you know, seep into the bloodstream in addition to these LPS toxins. But now they're measuring LPS toxins. There was a study that came out for Alzheimer's saying that the number one driver of Alzheimer's is heightened LPS toxins in the bloodstream. So that goes for many other of the conditions that I mentioned before. So it's really important that we start limiting our LPS toxins by taking care of our gut health, doing all the things I mentioned, and of course, finding you know, a supplement that actually has been shown in by science to stop that LPS toxin from seeping into the bloodstream. If that's not a motivation to look at your gut health before eating quote, unquote healthy foods, I don't know what is. Yes. And I don't know if this is exact, but I've heard that four out of five people that have non-celiac gluten sensitivity have no gut symptoms or gut distress. So for anyone listening, thinking, oh, I don't have any you know, gas, bloating, constipation, I don't have any of that. Just know that 
four out of five people, they don't either, but there's still a gut issue going on. So yes. Like said, is it the skin rash? Is it the brain fog? Brain is, it the fog yeah. is it the joint pain? You have to look well, elsewhere. Well, yeah, there was a study that recently came out that said that, um, every, like there are, there are people who are celiac. There are people who have gluten sensitivities. Then there's everybody else. And that everybody else, every time they eat gluten, they start to like chip away at that gut lining. It is causing that inflammatory response. It is, they are having an inflammatory response when they're eating gluten. And it is so important to be, and, and exactly like you said, it may manifest itself in a different way. You know, they think, oh, I don't have gut issues when I eat gluten, but maybe they're getting headaches. Maybe, you know, all the things you mentioned too. Exactly. It's like, maybe they're getting headaches. Maybe they're not sleeping well. Maybe they have skin issues. So could not agree with that more. Could not agree. And how, how much of that inflammation do you think is from the gluten versus the glyphosate? Yeah, I know. That is a great question. I would love to know the answer to that too, because you do hear of all the people who go to Italy and eat pasta and they're fine because they don't have, they're not as yeah. ridden with, um, with, uh, gly- with glyphosates in Europe as we are. But I, I do kind of think it's, it is the gluten. Um, but I think the glyphosate, glyphosate is like, you know, the ammunition for the gluten. So it's, it just makes it right. worse. Yeah. Just like the poison on top. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And even scarier, there's all this uh, cross reactivity amongst these proteins. Like maybe you realize you have a gluten sensitivity, but then there's all this molecular mimicry. So you're reacting to other foods. You're like, oh, I cut out the gluten. I'm okay. But there's right. 20 other proteins that are exactly the same as that to your yeah. body. Exactly. Exactly. And, and pour the glyphosate on tap. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's yeah, all that stuff is not good. And that's why one of the products that we just recently launched was called Gluten Away. And it's the reason we launched it was because of that. There was because we know now everybody is affected by gluten. And they there was a study that came out that tested 530 some foods that are labeled as gluten-free, both in restaurants and in the stores, and found that over 30% of them actually were had gluten in it, even though they said that they were they were labeled as gluten-free. So our, our gluten away product, I always want to make it very clear, it is not saying take this and you could eat gluten. It's basically just saying you take it before you go out to dinner and you may have accidental exposure to gluten or take it before you do that store-bought pizza and you have some accidental exposure to gluten. So um more like in an emergency case. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. Not not a free pass. <laughs> yeah. It, right. Emergency case scenario. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have a quick question about the spore-based probiotics. Is that the same as soil-based? Great question. Are those interchangeable? Yep. yep. Um, okay. So soil-based and spore-based kind of start out being the same. So they both are found in the soil. So soil-based organisms are found in the soil and spore-based organisms are found in the soil. Soil-based organisms live in the soil. Spore-based organisms live in the gut. So when spore-based are in the soil, they're dormant. When they are in the gut, that's when they become alive. So soil-based organisms are alive. And so we kind of start out with the same premise in that you want things that are from the soil that was natural to us. But the problem is even soil-based organisms, because they're live organisms, will still have difficulty surviving the gastric system You know, when they get to the stomach and all of that, where spore-based are dormant and they, don't, they live in the 
in the intestines and that's when they become alive. They recognize the intestines as their home. So there is a distinction. A lot of people will call spore-based probiotic soil-based and that's fine because I guess in some respects they are because they're found in the soil. But we have a further distinction in that they're spores, meaning they are gut commensal. They belong in the gut. That's where they're alive, where soil-based live in the soil. So any benefit to taking the soil-based in addition or is that just kind of a waste? Yeah. I mean, they will die too. I mean, I, I don't know if the, if any of the soil-based organisms or probiotics out there have studies that show that they actually are making a change or they're doing um, something. Like I said, there is some benefit to other types of probiotics out there, even when they're, you know, uh, they're dead bacteria therapy, but there is some beneficial bacteria or benefit to it, but not anything profound where you're making a change. So certainly you could take them at the same time. You know, I always tell people that they, you could take lactobacillus and spores at the same time. You could take, um, you know, uh, soil-based and spores at the same time also. And so is that going to help your diversity? Because we know that that's really important. Yes. Increasing your diversity. How would you uh, relate that to yeah. That you have. I'm so glad you mentioned that because diversity, I mean, it, every health expert will agree that diversity is the key to a healthy microbiome. We need lots of different bacteria in all different shapes and sizes. The more diverse your bacteria in your gut are, the healthy you are. So for a while, that's, this is another big myth out there is, oh, I need to switch up my probiotics. I need to take one that has like 15 different strains. And then the next couple months, I'll take that for a couple months. And the next couple months, I'll take one that has like 17 different strains. And then another time I'll take another one. And it's like, there is, there is absolutely no scientific rationale behind that because we have, you know, trillions of bacteria in our gut. And and 400, you know, 4,000 different types of, you know, species out there. And so we literally cannot make a change by taking one that has 15 strains and one that has 17 strains. It's kind of like taking this pool filled with quarters and like dropping a penny in there. You know, it's not making a change in the gut. And the other scary thing about this, about taking products that have like 16 different strains in them or 15 different strains is UC Davis did a study um, about maybe about four or five years ago. They took um, 16 different cal- um, probiotics out of, off of um, the shelves of California stores and some online. And they tested them to see if what they claimed was on the label was actually in the product. That's called DNA verification, trying to determine that what's actually listed on the label is in the product. And they actually found that only one of the probiotics there met label claims. So literally 15 out of 16 did not meet label claims because what's happening is these probiotics are taking like 15 different strains, throwing them into one fermentation vat and growing them all together. And so what happens is one strain will take over another strain or one strain, this is even worse, one strain and another strain come together and create a whole new strain that we don't know anything about. It hasn't been studied, Um, but there's a lot of cross-contamination going on within that fermentation vat. So um, we don't do that with our strains. We have our four different strains of bacillus. They're all grown in four separate vats and they're not mixed together until they're encapsulated. So very, very different approach. So, but yes, I mean, diversity is so key. And what we know is that these strains, and then we have a prebiotic too, that between the two of them are creating this incredible diverse microbiome and feeding the keystone strains like acromancia, all these really important strains in our gut. But diversity is so important. And now we have studies that show that these strains are actually improving the diversity in our, in our gut. So 
really important. So just don't get caught up in the switching your probiotic every month to get different types of strains because um, that is not. And, and another thing is a lot of people will think they've done a stool test and they think, you know, their doctor told them, oh, you know, you have unmeasurable, undetectable amounts of this particular strain. Well, you know, first of all, you still have, if you didn't have them, I mean, you, if you don't have any bacteria, you would be dead. So, I mean, you definitely have it. They just might, there's a lot of flaws in stool testing. Um, I, I think, you know, it's a great concept, but there's a lot of flaws in them. You don't really get to see the entire intestinal tract. Most of it is coming from the large intestine, not from the small intestine. So we don't really know everything that's going on with the stool test, but it's just, it's really important that we're focusing on you know, diversifying our gut bacteria and, and the spores actually have been shown to do that. They are actually able to, because they're growing, remember they're growing your own bacteria that already belongs to you and um, really getting rid of that pathogenic bacteria. So less is more. And it sounds like this product that just has the four spores, you don't need to rotate it. Like the, you are getting everything that you need, allowing yeah. your gut to flourish in its own sense. Yeah. I mean, there's really no benefit to, there's no reason that you would switch them up because like I said, these are growing your own bacteria that already belongs to you there. Really cool. I'm so glad you brought up stool testing because I, I know there's a lot of flaws in that. I've been just kind of playing around with it. So I've done three different tests. They all pretty much came back that like, I have a good amount of good bacteria. I have an appropriate amount of bad bacteria, but I have very low diversity across mm -hmm. the board. So like you said, like, I'm not going to, I've never thought like, let's just dump in more bacteria. I've been playing with the spore based, um, which makes a lot of sense. I appreciate your explanation with that, but I'm curious about prebiotics. How does that play a role with feeding diversity? Yeah. Well, no. prebiotics are basically the fertilizer for that garden analogy. So they're the food in there. So the problem with a lot of prebiotics out there is that they go and feed that garden, but they're also feeding the weeds. So they're not just feeding the good bacteria. So that's mm. why a lot of people have trouble with prebiotic foods. They have trouble with prebiotic supplements because they're actually feeding the good bacteria. So, you know, one of the big missions in our company is that we don't, we only are bringing products to the market that are missing and needed in the market. And so you would think that after years of having a probiotic supplement that we would have launched a prebiotic right away, but we didn't because we could not find prebiotic fibers that were actually only benefit they're only feeding the beneficial bacteria. So our prebiotics are really, really um, very thought out formulation and they are only prebiotic fibers that actually um, feed our beneficial bacteria. So um, that is also going to help create diversity for sure. I mean, and we have the studies on that as well. So um, and of course, with prebiotics, the nice thing is you could get prebiotics from food. So um, you know you could get them from Jerusalem artichoke, asparagus, all the high Hickama yes. is my favorite. I Great. All yeah. day. So you think that's okay to eat if you're getting it from food? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is we need high amounts of prebiotics. So just make sure you're eating a high amount. You know, with the spores, you can't get the spores from food. You know, the prebiotic, I I mean, I actually, I have to admit, I'm not a big vegetable fan. So I, I actually am, I eat vegetables like I take supplements. Like I, I'm like, okay, I need to have this many servings a day. And I'm always eating it, like vegetables, like I'm eating, a, taking supplements. So I do take the prebiotic, but I, I always tell people, if you have, if you're eating a ton of vegetables, you don't need to take the prebiotic. So uh, next up, where do fermented foods fall mm -hmm. into the equation? Yeah, great question. So um, fermented foods are wonderful. They are wonderful. They are so nutrient dense. They provide so much health to the gut microbiome, but they don't, 
provide probiotics to the pro, to the gut. And I think that is a big another big myth out there. People think I don't need to take probiotics because I take I eat fermented food all the time. And um, they are not a replacement for probiotics. They also will provide, you know, dead bacteria therapy. So it's the same thing. You know, they're lactobacillus bifidobacter. They are going to provide dead bacteria therapy in your gut. So I would, um, but they do provide incredible, I mean, I'm a huge, huge fermented food fan. I eat fermented foods all the time, but I, you know, it's not a replacement for probiotics because they also will provide the, you know, dead bacteria. And it's the same thing with spores. Like if, if we, if our spores, like if we fermented foods with our spores, which you absolutely can, and it's a great way to do it, but you, like, you would no longer get the probiotic benefit from it, even though you have the spores, because it's fermenting, you know, it, it's fermenting in the food and it's becoming alive. So it will also die and, you know, in the stomach acid. So um, the key to these is not, is, you know, getting them to the intestines in their dormant state. And that's when they go into their live vegetative cell site. So I'm a huge fan of fermented foods. I think they're great. I just don't believe that they're a replacement for um, a probiotic. I'm really into this image of the little spores just traveling. They're like sleeping and then they get to the gut and wake up. I'm, I'm going like, to picture that every time yeah. I open a bottle now. <laughs> that's a great that's image. Really yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I have to stay sleeping. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Dude, I, I had that. another question about fermented food. Well, maybe I can ask one of mine. Yeah. Tina, you're just a wealth of information. This is oh, awesome. Thank you. Um, so SIBO, small intestinal bacterial, bacterial overgrowth, it seems to be on the rise. I don't know if that's just more testing available or people actually Awareness. have it more, but I have heard spore probiotics or spore-based probiotics are fine for people with SIBO versus a regular probiotic you wouldn't want to take. Right. Um, so um, SIBO is, you know, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, of course. And, it, and you are right. It, I feel like it's an epidemic. I feel like so many people right. are talking about SIBO. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's terrible. And so people are, you know, for a lot of time, a lot of, for a period of time, people were taking lactobacillus and bifidobacter probiotics because they're thinking, oh, I need to help my gut. But they did. There are studies now that are showing that the lactobacillus strains actually make the, you know, colonic overgrowth in the small bowel worse because they're contributing to that overgrowth. Um, so the difference is actually the one of the strains in our product, Bacillus clausi, has actually been used in Asia and Europe as a prescription for SIBO because we know that it does not contribute to that colonic overgrowth in the small intestine. So um, it is a great option for people with SIBO to start, you know, because like, like I had mentioned, these strains actually stay in the intestines for 21 to 28 days, starting in a small bowel. They start working, you know, in the small intestine, they're doing their work there. And remember, these are not, we're not adding more strains per se. What we're doing is reconditioning the gut. We're rebalancing the gut. And I loved when you said that about your stool test said you've got the right amount of bad bacteria. It's not about getting rid of all the bad bacteria. It's about reconditioning the bacteria that we have in our gut. So um, that's a really, really great point. And, and with SIBO, it's the same thing. We just, we want to get rid of that colonic overgrowth in the small bowel and, and, the, and all of that overgrowth. And that's what these strains are known to do. Our spores are known to actually help rebalance the gut flora to its proper um, form. And like I said, the clausi was actually used in, um, in, like Europe as a prescription for um, SIBO. So is that without a traditional antibiotic? Because I know a lot of functional health practitioners are still using antibiotics and probiotics to, because it just needs like a more aggressive approach. Do you think we're going to start seeing this 
sort well, of take over that entire protocol? Yeah, that would be great. Oh my God, it would be great. Um, I, I think it would depend on the doctor of what their beliefs are. Um, but I do know that the, um, the, the other really important thing about the spores, this is so, so important, is that these strains actually survive the presence of an antibiotic. So um, we've tested these with liver encephalitis patients who are on the strongest antibiotics out there. And we know that these strains actually are surviving the presence of an antibiotic. Most probiotics would be destroyed almost immediately by the presence of an antibiotic. These strains are fine. So if somebody is under treatment for SIBO with their doctor and they want them on a on antibiotic, this is such a great option for them because they could be taking an, a probiotic at the same time and be, you know, they could completely help. They, they actually work well together. They complement each other. She's making me think there's so much money being wasted on supplements because yeah. you saw like the catch up in the medical advice. Like finally doctors started saying like, oh yeah, you're on antibiotic. Also take a probiotic to repopulate, but they're not talking yes. about what kind or how it's working. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought you meant, I was like, I don't understand what you mean by ketchup. Like I thought you meant the ketchup that you put on your hamburger. <laughs> put some ketchup on your probiotics. Yeah. I, was yeah, like, I what do you don't mean? think the sugary tomatoes will be helpful for SIBO. <laughs> that would not be good, but no, you're absolutely right. There is such a, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm so excited that they're even talking about, you know, probiotics at all. So, but there is yeah. ketchup yeah. on it. So. Step in the right direction. But, I feel like a lot of doctors are like, you know, probiotics and fish oil. Yeah. Oh, and vitamin D. Don't forget vitamin D. Now vitamin D is on. Yes. And it's like, and that's the other thing, like vitamin D is so great, but like you need, if you're taking vitamin D, you need to be taking vitamin K too. I mean, especially these high doses of vitamin D, especially now, I mean, such an important time to be taking vitamin D because of what's going on in the world. Um, But we need to take vitamin K with K2 with that. And people don't know that. And, and, and so... That's, so you have a, a product, a K7. Can you explain the role that, like the interaction between D and K? Yeah. So vitamin K27 is, um, the role of vitamin K2 in the body is to remove calcium from arteries like the heart and then put it into the bone. Um, it, calcium doesn't know what to do unless it's, you know, it, unless it's there. Now, the problem is that, um, that D actually increases your body's demand for K2. So um, that's why a lot of times people will be taking, but I mean, vitamin D is fantastic. And I, I'm a, I don't, I, I t- I'm taking a ton of it, especially now. I just would not want people to take a high doses of vitamin D without taking the K2 because it really, it does increase your body's demand. And that when you have a high demand and a lack of K2, that could lead to heart disease, lead to osteoporosis, osteopenia, that kind of thing. So there are so many incredible studies on vitamin K2. Um, there was a study that came out, um, it was Rotterdam University did this study on vitamin K2 intake um, over, there were 3,800 patients, there's 4,800 patients, like some crazy amount, like thousands of patients um, over a 10-year period studying heart disease and found that there was a 50% reduction in heart disease with taking high intake of vitamin K27. So, um, and, and we know that vitamin K27 is helping with that D that comes in. It's helping rebalance, you know, helping utilize the D. So it's really important that you're taking them together. And in fact, we, right now we only have, we have K27 because we didn't want to put D in there because we know so many people are taking D and then we didn't want them to take D in their multivitamin and then get a toxicity to D. There could be, you know, could be toxic. I mean, I'm not that worried about that, but I just wanted to make sure that no, this wouldn't cause any toxicity. 
but I think we are going to be adding an option to our formulation to have a vitamin K2 and a D um, just so that people could have that option. Interesting. Yeah, that's really great. I just see like the supplement bottles piling up and suddenly you're not cross-referencing how much you're getting of each thing. Right. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought up that point about I mean, vitamin D, vitamin K2, calcium. And I have to say, if anyone wants to learn more about this, I love the book Death by Calcium Ooh. by Dr. Thomas Levy. I mean, he says like, we, we are getting all of our calcium from food. Yeah, yeah. Just, if, as long as you're taking your D and your K, like you're going to prevent, like you said, heart disease is a big one. Yeah, I'm going to write that down too because I haven't read that. And um, The other one is um, vitamin K2 and the calcium par- paradox. That's a great oh, one. Yeah, yeah. that's not um, a great one. Yeah. So those are, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, that author was like pregnant and taking crazy high doses of it. So there's no known lethal dosage for vitamin K27. So, and it's such a critical nutrient and we can't get that. This is another one you can't really get from your food. I mean, you get it from like organ meats and that Japanese food, natto, which I've heard is absolutely disgusting. I've never tried it, but, um, and that, yeah, I mean, I heard it smells like, like a dead person's rotten feet. That was way oh, one person described it. Delicious. So, yeah, delicious. <laughs> so, um, but it's so healthy for you. But, and if you could yeah. tolerate it, I would definitely do that rather than supplementing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, you're not really getting the vitamin K2, um, that you normally could get. So right. glad you brought that up. Okay. I have another question. There's a lot of myths surrounding when to take probiotics? Should you be taking them with food, away from food, with other supplements? Tell yeah. us everything we need to know. Oh, that's an awesome question. So uh, most companies would tell you to take, pro- or like people would tell you to take probiotics on an empty stomach. And the reason is that when your stomach is empty, you have a higher pH. When you have a higher pH of your in your stomach, it allows for greater survivability. So that's kind of the rationale why people have for many years said, oh, you take probiotics on an empty stomach. We studied this. So we actually, this, the gut model study that I told you about told us that these food, these strains actually use food to germinate throughout the intestines. So we know that they're, you could take them on an empty stomach, but if you take them with food, they're actually going to do more. So you're going to get that much more for your money. So definitely take it at the end of a meal, um, or you could open the capsules and mix it with food. This is another amazing thing about these strains is that you could actually bake with them. Up to, we've tested them up to 455 degrees. So I used to put it in my son's piping hot oatmeal. It's great for kids. You just open it up, mix it with food. Um, you don't have to do it that way. You could just take it with a capsule. Either way is fine. But it doesn't, by mixing them with food, it doesn't compromise the integrity of the strains or anything like that. So we know that they'll survive um, up to 455 degrees. They won't start fermentation, fermenting. So, um, and then the other thing you had mentioned about, you know, wasting money on things. A lot of times people will say, oh, you know, this is expensive. You know, it, it's $49.99 for a 30-day supply. And, you know, of course you could find them for $24.99 or $30 or whatever. But I would always tell people, you know, you could take one every other day and you are going to get so much more benefit than taking that one that's $24.99 every day. I mean, because these strains, like they stay there for 21 to 28 days. They're, they're really making a shift in the gut flora. Of course, all of the studies were done on, you know, one capsule a day, but I mean, even a half a capsule a day or one every other day or one every third day is going to make such a more profound effect on your gut flora than taking something that is arriving dead and not really making a change in the gut. So um, just another thing to remember, but yeah, it's so easy once a day with food, literally the easiest thing to do to just start really supporting your gut health, supporting your immune system, supporting all areas of your overall health. 
Are there any ways to, to tell if it's working? Like, are there any symptoms that people may expect to feel? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you yeah, another great question. I'm so glad you brought that up. So, um, most people will like people who have really major gastrointestinal disturbances will see a difference sometimes within a couple days, sometimes it'll take a couple weeks, but people, then I've seen people with like harder things, like more subtle things, but they'll, it may take a couple months, you know, people with really bad skin rashes, you know, when you have a skin rash, the first place you start is your gut, but maybe that might take a little, but then I've seen people with skin issues that have had, you know, incredible success within a couple of weeks. So, I mean, it really depends on the person, but I will want to say that people, I mean, I, then you hear like after a couple months, you know, people are like, oh my God, I have so much more energy and oh my God, I'm sleeping so much better. Uh, I mean, my one friend's like, it literally saved my marriage. because <laughs> She's like, I literally, <laughs> she's like, I have no energy anymore. And my doctor told me, you know, you're just getting older, you know, like that's just what happens. You're getting older. And, and she's like, and I, my husband would be like, let's go out to dinner. Let's do this. And let's go away for the weekend. And she'd be like, no, you know, I'm just tired. I work. I'm like, she was a, she's a huge lawyer and like, she's got two kids. You know, she's busy. And so, oh my God. And she's like, literally I started taking this and I started noticing having more energy and having I, people who have gotten sick less. You know, I have a friend who's a dentist who is like my, I was sick every year. My hands are in people's mouths all the time. I'm always sick. And she's like, I cannot believe what this has done for me. It's like, it's really supported my immune system. So it's sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's more profound. You know, if you're really trying to take it for an acute condition, um, you know, you might see some pretty dramatic results right away. I mean, we have the testimonials never get old, you know, it's amazing. We speak at a lot of autism events, um, throughout the country and it's like the, the stories from moms, you know, kids on the spectrum have a lot of gut dysbiosis going on. And when you have all of that, you know, when you start cleaning that out, I mean, you're getting rid of those toxins and, things start to clear up. They sleep better. They're just better mood overall, better mood. Um, it's, it's really incredible, but I will, I do want to do a word of caution is that sometimes when you have a lot of gastrointestinal discomfort, or, you know, you have imbalance in your gut, when you start taking the strains, you might feel some, you might feel some discomfort, you know, and that's just called the die off reaction. It's basically, it's because it's getting rid of those toxins and those toxins are, you know, being, basically revealed to the rest of your body. And so um, you might feel some discomfort. And so don't get scared off by that. That is such a good sign. It's telling us that it's working, but we just don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. So we always just say, go like a half a capsule every day, or maybe one capsule every day, just to start out for the first couple of days, just to make sure. And then, and then just go up to a capsule a day as you see fit. It's really helpful. Thank you. And if you're on it, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask if there's like a Herxheimer die off, but that yeah. makes sense. It, it means it's working. So yeah, exactly. And if you, if you're taking it, like while you're on an antibiotic, we would say to take two a day, take two at the same time, or like whenever I, or during this time I've been taking two during, like if I'm traveling a lot, I take two, you know, just, or if I'm feeling run down, but most of the time one is all you need. You know, some people even take like a half a capsule every day. That may be all they need. It just depends, but just just get the spores inside of you. They're so critically important. Awesome. Great. Appreciate yeah, it. I'm so Thank excited you. to share supplement with our, well, your entire company, all the research that you're doing with our audience. I, it just makes so much sense to both of us. Like it, it really clicks. And again, we're never just going to recommend it because we like it. Like we want to share the, the resources. We'll put all the research in the show notes. So people can read it for themselves, but it really just makes sense to us. Yeah. So, yeah. um, 
just so our audience knows, we have a code. If you want to try out these supplements for yourself, you can use the code biohackerbabes to get 15% off. Thank you so much, Tina, for sharing that with our audience. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, and again, yeah, we'll just put all of the resources you could possibly want in the show notes. Awesome. Them out. And I, I want to respect your time, Tina. Just one more question for the audience, really. I know you shared a lot of great free biohacks in the beginning, right? Lifestyle, meditation, breathwork, awesome things there. So if you could just pick one thing for our audience to start doing today, mm-hmm. um, especially with you know building up the gut and the immune system um, to be more resilient today, what would that one thing be? really the one thing would be lifestyle. I mean, I think that is what has the most profound effect on, you know, and if, if your job is causing you crazy stress and you try to justify it because I have to provide for my family, I have to do all that, you know, you're not providing for your family if you're wreaking havoc on your health every day by being stressed. And so we have, people need to change their lifestyle. They have to work less hours. They have to um, do mine. I mean, changing your lifestyle is all of those things I mentioned encompass, but really you have to make pretty dramatic changes to your life in order to, um, really lead a healthy life. Beautifully said. I love it. Thank you. Well, you guys are awesome. awesome. I really appreciate your platform and I love what you're doing, getting the word out there, especially like even to a younger audience than maybe we always speak to. I just think the, you know, I see that with, you know, the younger audience and how people are, you know, so into health and they really, they want to like empower themselves. And I just love that you guys have this platform and you're doing such an awesome job and keep it going. You're just making the world a better place every day. Thank you. I think there's Thank a huge you, opportunity for all of us. And we're just so happy that you showed up today with a wealth of information. This is so educational for us and I know for our audience. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Yes, thank you. You bet. Can't wait to share this. <laughs> thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.